Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to today's show. It is Sunday, December 13th, which, by the way, sisters, is our brother Brendan's birthday. So I don't know if any of you remembered to send a card. I, I did. did. But I will be it. texting he him. Nailed you it. Did. Me, too. Yeah. Me too. Got that card in the mail, Liz. Wow. <laughs> Darn. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna text him a little bit as soon as we finish doing this, and that's just gonna have to suffice. So uh, you heard two of my sisters on the line, Julie Dolan. You're in Dallas, Texas. How's everything there? It's good, Liz. My birthday card to my brother Brendan looks suspiciously like a Hanukkah card, which, oh. <laughs> uh, which I had also sent his sons some Hanukkah card, <laughs> some greetings, and then his birthday card. It was just candles on it. So I, I don't know. Uh, so, but Doubling down. So I, hope, I hope he sees the distinction. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you can check in with him on that. Leon Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. I don't know. It, here in Santa Monica, it plunged into the 50s last night. So, brr. Is it that cold out there? It is a little chilly. People so wanted to be cold here. Yesterday, it was like 65, and people had on their puffer coats and their hats when they were holiday shopping. <laughs> It's just so sad because it's been so hot here. Like, they're just desperate to dress in sweater weather, puffer coat weather. (laughs) Puffer coats and fingerless gloves are sort of the look here on the west side. Uh, Anyway, so uh, Sheila and Monica are not with us today, but hello if you're listening. Uh, We have a very full show, like a lot of holiday news, of course. Can I just say I'm very happy, like the end of this week – my holiday vacation starts, and it just cannot arrive soon enough. So <laughs> I'm very happy to be taking the whole two weeks off over the holidays. So I'm excited about that. We have Holiday Pod. We have – Leon has some business news. Mm-hmm. I also have a Bitter Business Bureau. Excellent. And then um, there real estate news from around the Los Angeles area, <laughs> which is more fun than you think. You know? Oh, yeah. So- it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> so, uh, Leon, you and I had a little event this week at the uh, at the Fox Commissary where we were posing with with Oscars and Emmy Award statuettes. <laughs> yes, and I there was a giant Martian there, Julie. The, the the Martian, like the suit from the Martian, that was blocking oh. the Oscars. We would have gotten more photos with the Oscars, but we couldn't get the Martian out of it. <laughs> Darn, darn for the Martian. (laughs) And you definitely weren't allowed to touch the Martian costume. No. So, you know, that was not an alternative because that would have been fun, putting on the Martian costume and getting some photos of that. Or just putting your arm around him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you to everyone who attended that event for the Alliance for Women in Media. Um, We did make a long-lost connection with a long-lost family friend, right, Leanne? We did. Our dad went to college with a guy named Dick Cusack. And we heard for years about, like, the famous uh, trip to Florida that they took when they graduated from college, driving down in a specific car and from Holy Cross to, to Florida for their big week. And over the years, we got Christmas cards from the Cusack family. They lived in Chicago. We never met them. But it was at a time when not really that many people sent photo Christmas cards. It was a novelty, and there were five of them, so they were sort of a big family like us. And over the years, we got to know the Cusacks through their Christmas cards. And lo and behold, some of them went into acting. Maybe you've heard of John Cusack or Joan Cusack, but this this was the family. But we knew them as the family who sent the freaky photo cards. Like who yeah, they did always that? had Christmas card. They always had Christmas sweaters. On. <laughs> Yeah. Like that. And a lot of plaid pants. I yeah. So, so at this event, one of the women, a past president of the American Women in Media, is married to one of the Cusack uh, boys, Bill Cusack. And so we finally met one of the Cusacks in person and were able to make the Holy Cross connection. It was really fun. 
<laughs> yes, he posted it on his Facebook page, which I, I thought was funny. Yeah. Anyway, so we we finally made that connection. Right. Right. It was a good day. And earlier in the day, I had spoken uh, to a group of women um, at the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills for um, the L.A. Library Foundation. And you know who I signed a book for, sisters? Who? Speaking of You're the Best, I signed a book for Judith Krantz. How, wow. How cool is that? <laughs> Isn't that now, cool? You, did you do this in your furry poncho, Leanne? <laughs> Were you wearing that for I Judith? was not. No, I was not wearing the furry poncho there. I thought, thank God, because again, it was 85 degrees. It was okay. so hot for this holiday luncheon. I, that, I was wearing the black sweater, Julie, that I bought while I was in Dallas. With yes. the rose okay. that my, my mom had given me uh, for the Helen of Pasadena Book Tour. It was a huge hit, by the way, with all these women in their Chanel's and Valentino's. Somehow <laughs> they were fooled by my black house, white house sweater <laughs> and vintage rose. So anyway, it was really fun. But that was kind of cool to sign a book for Judith Krantz. You know what I wrote? I said, you're the best. Really? She's... <laughs> <laughs> Good, Leanne. Yeah, good. Clever, right? Clever. I'm glad she's getting getting up and going out and yeah. she must be like 100 years old, right? But not her face, Liz. Not her face. <laughs> she's got that fresh face. Very fresh face. Very okay. fresh. Okay. Good. Good. It's the hands and the neck that give it away. There you go. You know what? She looked great to me. She looked great. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, sisters, you know, this is the time for the holidays. And um, I want to present some market research to you on outdoor holiday decorations. Have you finished all your outdoor decorations, Leanne and Liz? Have you got your your stuff up, your lights, you know, whatever you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's not too late. And you may want to make some adjustments based on this focus group work that I did on Friday night. And my focus group uh, consisted of a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. Those would be three of my four grandchildren. Alice, Benjamin, and Peter uh, spent the night uh, with Nana and Grandpa T. So it was very exciting. <laughs> Woohoo! That was good times. Um, but we just, but it was unseasonably warm here in Dallas, and so we decided that. Uh, you know, certainly we had finished dinner by 5.15. We had many hours before bedtime. We needed an evening activity. So we decided to go to the very fancy neighborhood in Dallas where they really know how to decorate. They know how to decorate Dallas style. I mean, this these are this is big time holiday decorations. And in fact, this whole neighborhood is known for it that they have sort of a cottage um, business that goes on where they have horse-drawn carriages that you can rent to ride around and look at the Christmas lights in this fancy neighborhood. Oh, you okay, did that? Yeah. Well, we didn't know. We did. I have done oh. that before. <laughs> no, you stayed in the car. <laughs> no, you've got to book the horse-drawn carriages, land like months before. Oh, so, okay. So there, there was no uh, – um, that was not an option. Okay. Because Liam sounded interesting. I in know. That. that sounds fun. It it is very fun. Okay. We, we, I did it with with, uh, with our with our brother Jim and Mary and Megan and Catherine when okay. they came to visit Dallas. Okay. We did that. I had lined. We had we had the horse drawn carriage all lined up for that. But this because it was a mild night, we decided to park and walk through uh, the fancy neighborhood. But I wanted to just give you some feedback on what my focus group, uh, because really the lights are for the kids, aren't they? Isn't it's all about the, you know, holiday magic, right? Yeah. And I just want to let you know what worked and what didn't work. Okay. So first of all, tiny white lights, you know, you know how that's such a classic look. Okay. They had nothing, nothing. They just don't like that. No. Uh, The Christmas roots in the, uh, in the windows of every, you know, every room upstairs and downstairs, no interest in that. Okay. No. (laughs) These are all the very tasteful choices that I can see would not turn kids on at all. No, they do not. Okay. Candles in the window. No. Boring. Okay. They didn't like that. Okay. The laser lights. Have you seen those? Those commercials for those laser lights where they're projecting lights onto your house like millions of little lights onto your house. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That is big. That is big. I have not seen those. Oh, oh, you have? Well, you have to get out and about, Liz. I mean, I am sure you and Ferris, if you walk around in your neighborhood, you're going to see some of these laser lights. They're the get a horse-drawn carriage for the two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. The LED light balls that you hang from the tree. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, those I like those. are great. Those I are... like those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, inflatable Frosty the Snowman. Meh. 
No, they're not. They, I was excited about that. I like a good inflatable, but no, they they didn't want any of that. My problem with the inflatables is that they deflate at night. You know, like when I get up in my neighborhood early in the morning and go for a walk with Ferris, there are just a lot of deflated frosties on people's lawns because they don't keep them blowing all night, and it's right. just so sad. You know, at 6.30 in the morning to see them all laying on the grass like that. Okay. But even, like, full-blown, they I was getting no reaction. Not even the two-year-old. He was, not, Santa, Frosty the Snowman, no no good. What they did like was the Muzak. If you, Leon, do you have any piped Muzak, like, playing in your no, front yard? No, I, I don't. But oh. I know, I know there are, I've seen that. I've been to houses where you can, like, tune your, you know, player to a certain radio station and it's all synced with the music. Yeah, those are that's oh, pretty dramatic. Oh, they enjoyed that. That yeah. really brought little smiles <laughs> to their tiny faces. So I want you to think about that. Okay. Okay, a giant nutcrackers by the front door. Uh-uh. They nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I was pointing those out. No, no, they didn't like those. Figurines. They do like figurines in the lawn. So the mechanical um reindeer. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, those are good, uh, bobbing up and down. The nativity, uh, well, you know, that that got mixed reviews. Yeah. I mean, I just. That's kind of low key, usually, the nativity like the, scene. Okay, but the one. Unless you've got, like, the live animals, then it's. No, a, no they didn't. No, I, we didn't see those. Okay, but there was one house that di- it didn't have elves, but it had garden gnomes uh, lined up with a sign. Uh, that, and the sign said, practice acts of kindness. Now that was a group favorite. I think to have a message, a holiday message out on your front lawn. I think you can do it, Leanne. I think I, I, I thought the holiday message was Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is, well, this is or, ho, ho, ho. peace on earth or something. Yeah. Okay, okay well, fine. I... Acts of kindness. They liked it. It was original. Okay? okay. And they remember it was memorable, original and memorable. Right. If you're seeing a lot of holiday lights, you've really got to try to stand out. Okay. Um, the other thing is uh, color. You have to go with the multicolored lights because yeah. that, that is really the only thing that's getting their attention. And if you can line up a cherry picker, because that's apparently what several people in the neighborhood where we went to have done, because they were they had lights strung up so high in these trees that you would have needed a cherry picker to get them up there. This was not this was not a ladder job at all. This was you know, you needed a hook and ladder to get (laughs) to get this stuff done. Okay, so. Those are those are the things that I want you to keep in mind. And it's not too late. It's only mid-December. You can take up your holiday display. I think simply adding the Muzak would be good. And if you've got, if you've got the white lights, go out right now. Home Depot. Just swap your- those out for color. Yes, that's what they need. So mm-hmm. I, I think that was good. All right. And uh, we had and it was a good time was had by all. They did enjoy the horse-drawn carriages. That the two-year-old. Just seeing them. Yes. Because you didn't book them for that. (laughs) Okay. Because I didn't book them. No. It's like $35 a person on that. Oh, okay. Okay. They're not worth it. Because you know the minute the two-year-old got on, he would start to cry. He would hate it being on it. I know. It was much better that they could run up and down the sidewalks. That's, that, that was, that's, and get close to the garden gnomes with the, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Okay. So now that we've talked about super elaborate um, holiday decorations. I wanted to bring up an issue that was raised on our Facebook group about um, trying to have a low-key Christmas. You know, Mm -hmm. that was the order from my son Nick for Thanksgiving dinner. He wanted a low-key Thanksgiving dinner. So the question is, if that's the kind of Christmas dinner that you're that you're planning. How can you have a low key Christmas dinner? Now, of course, Leanne, people referenced your um, mashed potato bar, yeah, you know, which is always successful. But I'm going to have toddlers, and I don't think martini glasses and toddlers mix. So, <laughs> so that meal I can't do, you know, because I somehow. Like just having a bowl of mashed potatoes, that's a little too low key, you know, you know what I mean? You really need the right vessel to make it. uh, uh, Someone else on the Facebook page suggested maybe a giant plate of nachos. (laughs) I like it. It's a festive color combination. You know, you have your red and your green in your salsa. I I would go with that. That sounds fun. I think that could be possible. I was thinking maybe like a Middle Eastern theme, you know, like... What are they eating in Bethlehem kind of thing? So uh-huh. you could have some hummus, okay. some pita. Some goat. 
<laughs> well, like maybe mini meatballs, you know, like uh, just again, low key or just something different. Thinking out of the box. Got yeah. any other suggestions for the low key Christmas meal? Well, I, you know, we also, it depends on whether we go to church at night or in the morning, but the lasagna going the Italian way is good because yeah. it's, you can pre-make it. Uh, you know, our sister-in-law Susan does the stew in the slow cooker. That's yeah. so that they get back from church and the stew is ready. So there, there you go. I'm not sure it's about what you eat. I'm sure it's about how much you stress about it. Because yeah. I think there are certain people that could even make a plate of nachos a stressful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I reference our, our late mother who used to make us eat pizza with a knife and fork, you know, when my kids were two and four. Like, it was a pizza dinner, but we were all sitting in the formal dining room trying to eat with a knife and fork. So, you know, I think... <laughs> I, think any- I think there's also the alternative to just... Go straight to dessert. Go straight to the Christmas cookies and fudge, you know? And ice cream. Yes. Uh, and just don't even don't even have a main course. Yeah, you know, just go go for the total sweeps. Yeah. Be one way to go. No, I'm not going that way, Liz. That's uh, so... Well, anyway, I, I would just be open to any suggestions because... I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something new for uh, for the Christmas uh, Christmas Eve uh, meal. Uh, that's my assignment, and uh, I you know and I and it's not going to be a mashed potato bar or just Christmas cookies, as uh, as Liz Liz is suggesting. Well, you know, uh, the other day I was in the pool working out with my friend Sarah, who is a recipe developer, worked at Bon Appetit for 25 years. And now she's a consultant for restaurants. And we were discussing our Christmas Eve menu. While we're working out, we're just, all we do is talk about food. And she was trying to sell us on uh, Chipino as an easy alternative Christmas stew. You know, it's the seafood stew made with the marinara sauce. She said a lot of times seafood restaurants have, um, or seafood, real seafood places have great marinara you can just buy. She kept saying it over and over again, like, so easy, so easy, so easy. So I'm just throwing that out there for you, Julie. Chipino. I don't know if you know have... Like crabs legs and yeah. shellfish. And I yeah. don't see that for the toddler. Group. I know, but I that's just. Be tough. Yeah. In case. That's a super messy meal, even for a grown up. As what? soon as you said marinara sauce, I okay. was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. But, but keep them coming. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think the nachos are, are neater than the, <laughs> you know. That's just popcorn then at that point. Just. <laughs> Popcorn. Popcorn. Okay. And then finally, you know, I uh, I have sort of a love-hate relationship with Facebook. I, I've been burned on Facebook because I, I believe everything I read on Facebook. And it really shocks me that some of that stuff is not true. But it is the season of giving. And, uh, and I saw something on Facebook today. I don't know if it's real. But I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there uh, that it was the suggestion that as you're going, you know, as you're like, uh, going through your house, cleaning out your closets, you have an old purse, you know, that a great thing to do is to fill that with snacks and sanitary items, hygiene products, and have it in your car or, you know, keep it with you. And the next time you see someone, you know, in need, like uh, you know, that is asking for money or something, you know, a homeless person, you can get, you can give that item. And I, I, it seemed like a great thing, you know, oh, that, yeah, that that does seem it, like a good idea. I mean, and I just thought it was a, a lovely idea, you know, and something so easy to do and something that, you know, during the time of giving, we could do that. So I hope that's a real thing and I hope it would be well received. Uh, <laughs> you can make it a real thing. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't, no, no, I it's know not it's a social, it's not a satire, I don't think. No, so I, I think, know that. I yeah. know that. But I just, again, I, you know, I just. I, You've I, been burned. I've been burned. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, speaking of giving... It's a nice flip, idea, Julie. Nice idea. Oh, thank you. Thank you. On the flip side of the seasonal spirit is a question that is in today's social cues column in the New York Times. You know, this is where people write in with these questions and... Uh, Philip Galanis, or however you pronounce that last name, um, usually writes thoughtful and funny answers. So, but this one really caught my eye uh, because his the first sentence of his answer is so classic. So here's the question. Like, how many times are people going to write in about this? Um, my husband and I were childless for many years. During that time, we gave overly generous gifts to my brother-in-law's three children for the holidays. Now that we have a five-year-old, I'm amazed at how little reciprocation there is. 
They spend about $35 per gift for our child, while we spend $50 to $100 on each of theirs. I don't want to buy gifts for them that I used to because my spending is never matched. How can I politely convey that they should be spending as much as we do? Oh, wow. (laughs) Isn't it unbelievable that people even think that way? Yeah. So thank you, Philip, for it's a lengthy answer, but the first sentence says, have you considered sending them an invoice? (laughs) (laughs) But really, how can you politely convey that they should be spent? You cannot. I would know. You cannot. Because it's not even polite to think it. Never mind convey it. So come on, people. Spirit of giving. Stop keeping score is what I would say. Yes. There you go, Liz. There there you go. Stop keeping score. That's excellent. That's Mm -hmm. good. Plus $100 per child. That's too much. Yeah. No, really. I mean, I just, you can't knuckle under. You just have to set your, set your budget and that's kids don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There you go. Spirit of giving. That's it. Let's Spirit of you giving. Know, again, low key Christmas people. Okay. Sister, satellite sisters for supporting the people who support us. We appreciate that too. All right. Speaking of companies that we love, uh, and really companies that we love. There was a good piece in the New York Times business section today about uh, the companies that won't love you back when you emotionally break up with a brand or a company. And it really hurts you deep, Liz. It hurts you <laughs> deep. So, uh, and they used the recent merger, the buyout of Marriott and Starwood, okay, mm-hmm. as the example that they used, that there are many Starwood like people who love the Starwood brand, particularly the W hotels. They love everything that Starwood stands for and they feel very close to Starwood. And now they're merging with Marriott and apparently the Starwood lovers don't feel as close to Marriott as they do. They're angry. They're bitter. It's like they went and married somebody else they didn't love. And now what are you going to do when your best friend marries Marriott? I can see how that would be. Yeah, because those two brands have very different feelings about them. Right. Yes, that's that's exactly right, Liz. Starwood didn't really present as a large public corporation, even though it is, whereas Marriott is like the ultimate like giant hotel chain. And so Starwood, you know, brand lovers really felt like they had a special relationship. And so in the New York Times, they talked to a social psychologist and she said there are two different kinds of broad categories in human relationships. One is exchange relationships in which we trade for mutual benefits. Okay. And the other is communal relationships relationships, which are based on mutual caring and support. Now, normally with a company, you have an exchange relationship, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not lo- involved emotionally. No, it's just like, it's transactional. I want, yes. yes. I but, want this. You pay me this. Yeah. Yeah. But some people really have morphed over. They call it, you know, it's anthropomorphism. That's actually a, you know, a study now in business school. They've morphed over to really think of these brands as their friends. And so they feel like I love the brand and the brand loves me back. But the truth is the brand just wants to make money. <laughs> so. Right. right. So. Well, to be fair, sometimes they, wa- they all want to make money, but sometimes they do it by loving you back. <laughs> you know, that that's their strategy to make money from you. I would think, especially for hotels, because you live there and it's a total experience. It's not like you're just buying something off a shelf. So I, I guess because I travel a lot for work, I also have strong feelings about hotel brands. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not- How about, well, I would think it is travel in particular. Airlines, you feel the same way. You're literally turning your life over to them. And I think over the last decade or so, people have fallen out of love with their favorite airlines because air yeah. travel has become so terrible, you know. Right. Or even products. Okay. Now, I have all Apple products, but I know Apple doesn't love me at all. <laughs> Not one bit. Not one bit. I go into those Apple stores. It's it's no Chico's. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's the, I'm humiliated. Yeah. I'm belittled. And, you know. But see, Julie, the thing about Apple is they never they never told you they loved you. No, right. I know. Just, they, they have always been that way, and you bought into it. So that is the nature of your relationship with, with that. That guy. It's an abusive relationship. <laughs> but Chico's, Julie, is a good company where you just, you right. do feel when you walk in the store, they love me here. Oh, they yes, love they me. Do. They are they happy to me. see they me. They understand me. They're trying hard. You know, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, partly because the women who work in the store 
look a lot more like you than, say, the geniuses at the genius bar in an Apple store. You know, you kind of see yourself in those Chico's ladies and you just don't have that same sense of affiliation. with. Yeah, the there's no I mean, yeah. Where are people like me at the Apple store? There, 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 there aren't people. There aren't women like me behind the genius bar. No. And yet you keep buying because yeah. they deliver on what their promise is that the stuff is going to work really well. Right. Right. Well, it's just a cautionary tale, Julie, not to fall in love. Don't expect too much. You know, it is it is like that elusive guy that you wanted to go out with in college who wouldn't give you the time of day. Some of those, that's what Apple is. And just be wary when you turn over your business heart to somebody that, that, you know, they could go ahead and marry Marriott and then you'd be... (laughs) be out of luck. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of why uh, I think I've been so conflicted lately about Amazon because the, you know, it's a company that really does what they say they're going to do. And as far as customers go and the service is insanely good. But then with all of the stories lately about uh, how they treat their employees and what that corporate culture is like. I'm very conflicted about supporting a corporate culture I would not want to work in, but that corporate culture does support me as a customer. When, like, do you know where, where I live in Santa Monica? You can now get deliveries from Amazon within an hour. Yeah, same here. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, an hour. Yeah, they're yeah. driving, the trucks are driving around like all, all yeah. day long. Yeah. Yeah, just loaded up with stuff. Urk, here we go. Urk, we got to go over here. <laughs> So that's good. Well, there's no excuse to get some more Christmas lights. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so it's great if you're the customer, but it must be really stressful if you're the employee. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So companies who love us. Well, yeah. Well, just just be wary with your business heart. That's what I would say. <laughs> you know, try not to cross the line. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I wanted to provide uh, an installment of the Bitter Business Bureau, one of our favorite segments that from time to time we are inspired to uh, speak out about some of the things we're reading going on in the business world. And uh, this one really got my attention this week because there's been all of this news over the past several weeks about what's really going on at Yahoo and how uh, Marissa Mayer, the CEO, like, what's going to go on with her? They were making all of these big decisions this week about, I don't know, some double switcheroo, spinoff, whatever. (laughs) And uh, so there was a lot of speculation in the press this week about what would her payout be if they fired her? Okay, see, I knew you would be disgusted. Just the very I'm bitter. I'm bitter and jealous. Yes, indeed. That's that's the heart of this segment. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a there's a silver lining to this one, but okay. Okay. The USA Today printed the headline that if uh, if they did split, uh, her payout would be one hundred and fifty seven point nine million dollars. Julie. Okay. That's what she's going to get for. For not for running the company, we're, for really not improving yes, uh, yes, this company yes. at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, okay, that seems like a lot of money. It's a lot now, of money. For me, for me, the bright side is that now that if women who fail at their jobs can get the same, like, outlandish, outsized, ridiculous payouts that men can, I think yes. that's progress for right. us ladies. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. I think that's actually, I think you have to look at the bright side. Silver like, lining. Yep. Like, it's about time someone get, you know, spectacularly fired and spectacularly paid out on our side of the ledger. She is the fifth highest paid CEO um, in the U.S. already. So good for her. Her compensation uh, let's see, $42.1 million in 2004. So, um, you know, uh, anyway, so, but it turns out the $157.9 million was overstating what she's actually, if they did fire her, what it would actually be. So I don't know if you feel better or worse, Julie, to know that it, if it happened, it would be somewhere between $36 million and $60 million, probably. Huh. So... You know, poor thing. She, uh, she can squeak by on that. She's gonna have to squeak by on sixty million dollars. Uh, she can, she can, she can buy more clothes for the twins. Okay, can we just talk about it? I mean, I, I'm very happy she's a working mom. I'm very happy that she had children while she was at work. Uh, she is breaking. You know, she is yeah, a neutral that's model. Right. All of those things are great. But then when she announces she's only taking two weeks off for maternity leave. After having twins, 
it just makes all the other working moms in the world, I mean, feel really badly, right? I yeah, mean, I don't know hard. why she has to announce anything. I yeah, mean, if that's I mean, your just, plan, that's fine. But just then keep it to yourself. Because most I mean, people do not have a nursery built in at their office. And right. most people cannot afford the 24-7, you know, multiple nannies that you must have to, to you know, to have that kind of situation. You know, most a quick people. quick physical bounce back, even if yes, you had all the money. You feel terrible yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, or, you know, most people. Uh, so I know, okay, I know. All right. She's very talented and, and good for her. And that's what she wants. I want her to do what she wants to do. But it makes everybody else feel terrible. Okay. <laughs> terrible. Is this, does she have to announce something like that because her job is an issue? Is this something? I don't that... think she does. No. Okay. Like, I, I, I didn't know. know. I'm sure, I'm sure people ask. I'm sure it's more a question of getting the relentless questioning about right. it. And so the company just says, here's what she's doing. Yeah. More than it is her just volunteering like, hey, look at me. I'm only taking two weeks off. You know, <laughs> did, yeah, didn't, like didn't Mark Zuckerberg can... just announce he's taking four months? Yeah. So, no, it's every day we get a picture of Mark Zuckerberg diapering that baby. And he did. He did nothing. He didn't have to <laughs> right? He just stood there. Okay. So, uh, so I, I just, it, I don't think it helps. It yeah. Really I, I don't think it's helpful either. Yeah. And that, yeah. Well. So I just, either way, you know, uh, the big payday for someone who fails, well, I was about to say fails spectacularly, but maybe that's harsh, but she certainly didn't, she was brought in to turn the company around. That doesn't appear to be working. We wish for her the best. I mean, of course we would rather see her succeed. Right. Yes. If she does not succeed, I just want to, I want her to get as big a payout as all those other losers get. That's, <laughs> that's my- that's my policy. Okay. Okay, Liz. That's good. All right. It's bitter, but I like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I want to segue into something that this is the I told you so uh, department about iPhones. A big, big story in the New York Times today. And I'm sure we are not the least bit surprised that guess what? That when you are slouching over your tiny little screen on your iPhone, that not only is it bad for your posture, okay, it's also bad for your self-esteem. Did you know How this? do you figure? Well, this is the physically being hunched over, Liz, has a negative effect on your, on your general well-being. So if you are constantly, as most people are these days, either sitting down, hunched over your tiny little screen, or walking around, hunched over, trying to read your, your messages... Okay, that's not good for you, Liz. That slouching uh, does a couple of things. First of all, it affects your memory, that you can't remember things. because They've done all kinds of... I thought that was just me. I really thought that was just me. No, that... I think, but I have found that to be the case, that if it's an electronic version of something is not as memorable for me as, like, writing it down or uh, having some other form of making note of it. Wow. Well, that, I mean, that you are not alone. So people do not remember things and that they're they're now, they believe there is a linear relationship between the size of your device and the, and the, the extent to which it affects you. Okay. That the smaller your device, like of your, uh, of your phone, that that is what your body has to contract. You know, you are really hunched over uh, to, to use it. And the more shrunken and inward is that your posture is, the more unhealthy that is for you, both physically and mentally. Wow. Okay. So I, that is, so they, you know, they, you know, they're suggesting that what you do is you have to, which is going to be impossible and ridiculous. Just imagine now with your, uh, with your phone that you, uh, that you strike a pose where you have good posture, stand up straight, remember that, and that uh, don't slouch. And that you hold your phone out so that your posture is good. And by doing that, you're going to elevate your mood and it's going to improve your memory. Okay. But you are going to look like a total dork. But, but you're yes, also not going to be able to see it. You know, that's for, <laughs> after a certain age. You're not going to be able to see it. So Maybe you should just put it down and not use it for <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. You know, that, there's that alternative too. Yeah. But it's just it's just not good for your emotional state to slouch around, okay? And and I'm not surprised. So Okay. Well, you always knew that. You've been warning us for ages about that. Mo- moving on, I wanted to provide um uh the latest on what I call Game of Thrones condo edition. And that is 
the, the drama at the building where I live. No. What's, what's should, going on there? Lisa? I should actually keep my voice down when I do this because <laughs> people constantly complain about the noise around here, even though I never hear a thing. So maybe it's me. But uh, yeah, so I've mentioned before that uh, my building is just not a friendly place. And it bums me out because it's a friendly looking building. Yeah. There's, there's no reason why people here could not be nice to each other. But for for whatever reason, there's just a lot of um, a lot of anxiety in the air in this building, or uh, just just uh, suspicion in the air in this building, and I'm not sure what it is. Do you remember at one point when we were at ABC Radio, we actually had like a Ghostbuster? Uh, analyze yes. my building. Do you remember that? Oh, right. Yes, I do. Yes. And, there, and some evil spirits going on. Yes, there. we did there. not ever use it on the air because she did say, yes, it's true. Your building is haunted. And we decided. <laughs> I had totally decided, forgotten that. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Now it's all coming said, back to me now. Yep. Yeah, she said, oh, yes, there was a young woman who lived there in the early 70s, and she came to a terrible end. And blah. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, that may or may not be true. But for what, whatever reason, people here just are not very nice to each other. And uh, uh, the so the latest installments in this. So first of all, I mentioned a couple of years ago that one of my downstairs neighbor feels very strongly about the hedge. And... Um, the hedge that goes the length of the building on one side. And there was disagreement on like hedge protocol. Uh, and uh, so one day she just went out and trimmed the hedge to her specified height only in front of her unit. So when, oh, wow. you, drive, when you drive down that side of the street, it is like looking at a kid who's missing a front tooth. <laughs> you know, that's what our, that's what our hedge looks like. And it was, it was growing back in, growing back in, growing back in. I thought there was some way we were going to get to one agreed upon hedge height. And no, two weeks ago, it was all cut back to the same thing. So we now have that we've now established once and for all that we're just going to live with this, that people get to cut the hedge to whatever height they want in front of their personal unit. So, um, so that just sort of gives you, even before you enter the building, it's sort of a signal that things are not well inside. And then the, uh, I guess the good news is the real estate market is hot again uh, here on the west side of L.A. But the bad news is if you're in a condo building like mine, it means the flippers are back. So all of a sudden now, there are only 14 units in my building, but all of a sudden now units are starting to turn over because people who have been waiting to sell their unit since 2008 have now decided, I'm getting out of here. So the... Because uh, it's haunted there. Because it's haunted. <laughs> well, I, you know, I haven't told them that. I know that. But uh, I purposely did not share that at the uh, HOA meetings in the last couple of years. But the... Uh, so the one... The unit on the other side of the wall in the second, the second bedroom where I am right now, that just flipped. So it got sold, and then a month later it got sold again, and that guy is actually moving in today, whoever he is. Uh, but last week he was in there just kind of doing the kinds of things you would do before you moved into a building, yeah. um, you know, like hanging pictures and things. You know, there was uh, a little bit of banging. I mean, how are people supposed to move in to a new home right. without a little bit of hammering going on? And, But, you know, there, there is a faction in the building that feels like the, uh, the keywords on the weekends in the building are what, what's called quiet enjoyment that people are not supposed to make noise on the weekend, which I really have never understood, like how that could possibly be true. (laughs) So the guy next to me is hammering last weekend. So my downstairs neighbor calls me because she's obviously trying to wind me up about somebody hammering on the weekends, which as I've established, I'm totally fine. When else? So this is what I said to her, like, when else are people supposed to do that? We're at work all day. (laughs) Like we just can't. You know, which is not true of her. So whatever hammering she wants to do, she can do Monday through Friday, nine to five. But the rest of us, <laughs> not so much. So she she was t- totally trying to wind me up. And I just, I didn't, I just want you to know, I did not take the bait. I just like, because you know what? Hammering is a finite 
you I know, know. activity. Like yes. it will stop. He's not going to, it's not like, oh my gosh, he does a drum circle every Sunday. <laughs> like my neighbor in Portland. Like yeah. I, when he said, I, I have a drum circle, I was like, that sounds great. And then every Sunday for a year, he had a drum circle. <laughs> and sometimes I would oh, literally open my closet door thinking, is there someone in my closet drumming? What is that like? <laughs> So, but hammering, what it was he could put up 10 photo, 10 pictures know, and then it's done. It's, it's an yes. hour's worth of hammering. Yeah. It's probably done for like the next 10 years. Yeah. It's right. not like you do it frequently. Yeah. You move in, you hang a bunch of stuff <laughs> and then you're not moving them around every weekend. Like every Saturday, let's, let's rehang everything. So, yeah. So I didn't take the bait on that, but then there was another thing going on that I thought, oh, this is the one that's really going to get ugly. So down the hall, Another flipper situation. It was so I went to the open house just because, you know, it's nice to see what these places. A, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. like neighbor. You yeah. like real estate, Liz. Yeah. yeah, I do. I enjoy an open house on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, you're and you're tied to this ship of fools. That you live in too. <laughs> That's so right. Well, this is the fallacy of the whole condo experience. I would I would I don't think I would ever do it again if I had a choice, because what what you don't realize when you buy into a condo is that you are essentially making the biggest investment of your life with total strangers, right? So this is the biggest thing you're ever going to buy. And any idiot who also decides to move into your building can decide what the value of you, <laughs> that investment is. So anyway, maybe idiot is too strong, but people have different points of view about uh, maintaining the value of the building. So the uh, so I'm in this other unit and uh, it has these beautiful hardwood floors, which are illegal on the second floor of my building. There are only two stories. There are only two stories on my building. There's a first floor and a second floor. I'm on the second floor, but the HOA, the condo rules are that you cannot have hardwood floors on the second floor because it's too noisy for the people on the first floor. So I go into this unit that's for sale and I see that it's hardwood floors. And I'm like, okay, well, this is totally not allowed, but I, I resigned from the HOA board last year, so I'm not saying anything, but I was with a friend of mine and we hear the, uh, we hear a potential buyer asking the real estate agent, like, oh, these floors are so nice. And he said, he said, yeah, it's very special. This, uh, this unit got grandfathered in, uh, but otherwise they're not, they're not allowed in the building. And I wanted to say to him, okay, that is a total lie. Yes. Nothing got grandfathered in. No. It grandfathered didn't. in. It's a 20-year-old building. I know. I know, Leanne. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh -oh. 30. I mean, this it's is not... good. Okay. Okay. So. Then, so, so I'm saying to my friend, like, believe me, that did not get grandfathered in. The first thing this person is going to have to do is tear out whoever. The buyer is going to have to tear out the floors. And uh, so that, then I hear him say to someone else that not only did it get grandfathered in, but it was approved by the downstairs neighbors, which, again, a total lie. And I said to my friend, the downstairs neighbors are renters. They don't get to... <laughs> They do not get to approve what happens. And they're too busy chopping up the hedge yes. to worry about to worry about the, wow. the wood floors. Yeah, so I Woo. I know this is gonna be a drama and I don't want anything to do with it. And but then last week this was so I, maybe this is a turning point, but I don't know. Outside the front door of every unit in the building was a little box of chocolates and a note from the woman who just bought that unit. And she said, I'm very excited to be moving into your building. I know that there's been a history. I understand, or I have learned that there has been a history of non-cooperation from the previous owner and that I will need to change the flooring in the unit. Um, I am happy to do that and just wanted to let you know that I look forward to being a good neighbor. Wow. So, Wow. Pretty amazing, don't you think? Yeah. Yes, that's nice. But she'll that's be crushed cool. with it. Exactly, that. Julie. Exactly my reaction. I'm like, oh, save yourself, dear. Oh, you, you seem like a very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> this, maybe this is not the building for you. I, I, I was very oh. tempted to say, no, you are too nice to live here. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> but, she's, but she put herself out there. No, that's so nice, yeah. Liz. Yeah. And that's, that's very nice to communicate that, to... To, you know, to really try to address people's fears or concerns. That's yes. nice. Yes, I thought so. So yeah. she inspired me. So because today is move-in day for a new guy next door, 
I was inspired by her good neighborly behavior, and so I got him a little welcome gift and a note that I'm going to leave at his front door today. All right, because Liz, I, there you go. This is it. I'm going to try to change the energy in the building, despite what that exorcist said or <laughs> Ghostbuster or whatever. I, be- I believe we can do this if the people in the building just decide to be neighborly. Tiny so. acts of kindness, Liz. Put yourself <laughs> some gnomes and a little sign. Put it outside your door. <laughs> Okay, so that is my goal. Um, in in other Los Angeles real estate news, the hot property section of the Sunday paper is always fun to read. Lee and I know that you're a regular reader of hot property. Love right? it, love it. Where where are the celebrities moving? How how yeah. are they selling? They're selling one house in the Hollywood Hills, and they're moving out to Pacific Palisades. Love it. Yeah. So it's just thinly veiled celebrity news, yeah. as Leanne said. It really has nothing to do with the <laughs> right, real estate. Real estate right. It's just another reason to put boldface names <laughs> in the paper. So there and. It's always quite a range of people, so I particularly enjoyed um, this week's because, hang on, there was the, here's the range of people that, okay, Scott Disick, who you may know as Mr. Courtney Kardashian. Oh. So, so he's selling his place. Uh, Eric Garcetti, our mayor, he's selling his place. Uh, who do we have here? Scandal star Carrie Washington and her husband, retired NFL player. They're selling their place. Uh, Lauren Conrad of the Hills. And I'm giving you just highlights, but for those of you who are not readers of the Los Angeles Times, this is each person, each house gets about five paragraphs and and photos. Yeah. So it's not just like little blurbs. There's major details about, you know, what the house looks like inside. So I'm going through this. I'm like, okay, the usual stars, sports stars, political stars. And then I turn over to um, the next page because this goes on for multiple pages. And the home of the week just made me laugh out loud because it said, Cartoon creators one time abode. I'm thinking, oh, cartoon creators. Were they, you know, like someone from The Simpsons or someone from, you know, I'm thinking some. So, nope. The reason this house made the paper is because it was originally owned by the co-creator of Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep, you can be the co-creator of Mr. Magoo. And in Los Angeles, that's good enough to get you and your house in the paper. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful oh, house. It's a celebrity. celebrity. It's, a, it's kind of a celebrity house, too. It's the Richard Neutra house. And uh, so built in 1949, going on the market for $2.5 million. But uh, it, it wasn't even built by – it was once owned by a Mr. Magoo. Co-creator. So, that, so that could have been like for six months in uh, the fifties, right? So that's really a stretch. You're right. That's a. They must have been a little short on on celebrity, real celebrities this week. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a good house, and they but they just needed to figure out a way, an excuse. You can't just put it in the paper because it's a good house. You have to in have the real the, estate section. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You have to have the celebrity provenance. So, uh, Mr. Magoo. Making the paper. You don't see that very often. And there you have it. That's my uh, real estate roundup. <laughs> well, this week, uh, we're sort of winding down some book tour events. I mean, I'm winding them down. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. But uh, just a reminder, on Thursday night, I'm going to be here in um, San Marino, California at the J. McLaughlin store, just sitting and signing books from five to seven, uh, but donating a portion of the profits of the book back to a a local charity organization that supports um, some great groups here. Uh, So come by, because that's where I got the fur poncho, J. McLaughlin. So even (laughs) if you don't want the book, but you do want a fur poncho, come by. I'll be sitting and signing. (laughs) Uh, and then, um, and then I am working out the details for the LAX signing. Uh, I, it is not in front of security. So you have to be holding an international ticket, um, <laughs> which seems extreme. That's, a, that's an ex- expensive way to buy the book. It's ex- there are easier ways. So check, check the Facebook page. I'm trying to figure out something in Manhattan beach that day, having a little trouble. So just trying to, if, for the people on the West side that wanted to get some book signs, I, I know there are a bunch of you. I, the LAX signing is not going to be for you. Again, unless you're flying internationally on Friday, December 18th. So that's happening. (laughs) At at noon. At noon. (laughs) At noon. And then, uh, and then Julie, uh, Madam Secretary mid-season finale this weekend. So, so. I'm very excited, Leanne. I I thought maybe we had missed it or it wasn't, wasn't going to be back on until January. I, 
I'm, I, I could not be more excited than, uh, well, maybe a little more, but okay. I, I'm pretty excited about <laughs> okay. this tonight. Yeah, that'll be great. And then I think next weekend will probably be our last show before the holidays. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, we yeah, should, that's yeah. what I we think. We should. That out. <laughs> okay, that, we just made. A we have, but we do have some more. You're the best interviews yes. posts. Yeah, so those are coming. Right, we have plenty more of those. Right, so there will be shows that may be new to you. So we will be doing that. But we are going to take a holiday break, and then we'll be back. Julie Downton Abbey back on the air January third. I don't know what we're going to have to watch. So much TV. It, it, we're. <laughs> Train down, Navi, Madam Secretary. Did you see Outlander got nominated for a Golden Globe? I did. Lena. I know I did. that was that's that's very exciting. I know. Exciting. I mean, I know you may not be able to watch it again after the no. Really I can't. I don't want to see those scenes. Okay. So, yeah, I still still. <laughs> okay. You can't go back. Interesting. Oh okay. well. Well, Liz, yes, it you was, never saw it. Yeah. Did you hear my review of it? Okay. Yes, I did. I heard your review. So I understand how you feel. All right. Well, then let's keep it positive. Madam Secretary, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back this this week with, uh, with wrapping up that. Um, anything else? Anyone got anything else going on this week? The only thing I would mention for after the new year is that kudos to any like D.C., Northern Virginia, Maryland uh, residents uh, who are members of our Facebook group that they've been lobbying for a Satellite Sisters meetup because they know I go back and forth to Washington, D.C. a lot. So, so much popular support on the Facebook group that we are going to do that, people. We are going to oh, get we are going to get that organized for the beginning of the new year. Just got to lock in a few details of my schedule. And then we'll figure out where we can all meet up. So thank you. It was a group, particularly of the next gen, Julie, who was posting and saying that they wanted to uh, they wanted to meet up. But then everyone everyone in the region started volunteering that they turn up too. So it was uh, by popular demand. We will get that sorted out for the beginning of the new year. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Julie, what are you doing this week? Anything besides watching well, TV? Well, you know, I'm, I'm watching TV, Leanne. I've got to do that, and I'm working on my low-key holiday, okay? I've got, I've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do to make this happen, okay? <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, we're the Satellite Sisters. We'd like to, again, thank Casper for supporting the show. And uh, don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 